Hey everyone, welcome to the Let's Be Real podcast. I'm Nan, your host for this episode, and today we'll be discussing the first look at the Superman logo for Superman Legacy, Warner Brothers no longer wanting to merge with Paramount, Ryan Gosling to perform I'm Just Ken at the Oscars, and Denny Villeneuve not wanting to rush Doom 3. So as always, every podcast for Let's Be Real, I'm joined here by the right-hand man, James, how you doing, bro? I'm doing good, mate. I am excruciatingly uh, tired. The F1 season started uh, last night, and so the race was on at 1 a.m. So I went to bed around 3:30 a.m. So yeah, doing very tired, but excited to talk about movies as usual. How about you? Yeah, I'm good. Rugby league has just started. The season has just kicked off. There's a screen in front of me with a game playing. So yeah. My life Very is uh, nice. back on track now, <laughs> or not track. life, but I have something to watch every weekend now. Where Didn't before it was just the season opener is in Vegas, isn't it? Did yeah, so the first game's just played and the second uh, game's played now. Oh yeah, no, I because I, I was on um, Sky Sport and I just saw it in Vegas. I was like, well, I don't know if NRL was built like this, but yeah, and the, the stadium's right. pretty packed in there as well. It's like hmm. ridiculous. It's the they same setting. They're, that... they're probably thinking they're going to an NFL game. <laughs> and they just did like a little typo. <laughs> probably. <laughs> I wouldn't even be surprised, to be honest. But no, there's a lot of cheering in the first game and a lot of booing. So I guess people know what, nice. what the product is, which is cool. That's good. But... It's kind of hot. Yeah. One day the Warriors will be there. That's when I'll go back to Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be right there with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So shall we just jump straight in? Yeah, man, let's do it. Cool. So earlier this week, James Gunn released our first look at the Superman logo and also some details in regards to the title of Superman Legacy. So Superman Legacy is due to release in July next year, and the title is now no longer called Superman Legacy. It's called Superman. Whoa. That's it. And with it, he also gave us our first image of it i'm sure you guys would have seen it floating about on the net it's pretty much just a logo with looks like it's if it's set it um in ice or snow so james what are your thoughts on the on the first look of the logo and the title change uh i'm not too shocked and i think i'm saying that because the logo is very reminiscent to what we got in man of steel just that very textured look in terms of it's obviously from the suit and it's also quite muted colors. It's not, you know, the bright red and the, the yellow and the blue that, you know, you get from the traditional Superman. It's very similar to um, what the Man of Steel suit was like, at least in terms of the texture and the color, uh, perhaps a little bit brighter. And obviously, you know, the S is obviously going to be a little bit different. I'm not too, um, I guess, caught up on my Superman comics. I don't know which logo relates to which comic as I've seen people kind of theorizing stuff. I'm not that knowledgeable about it, but I like the tone because the one thing I loved about Man of Steel was the kind of, you know, the more mature tone that it had to it. I liked the, the suit was awesome as well. It's just a story that didn't come together. And when it comes to story, I don't really have much of a worry when it comes to James Gunn. I think He's going to deliver us a good story, definitely better than um, Zack Snyder and his writing team did. But, you know, James Gunn said when announcing this that 
you know, when he finished the first draft of the script, he had called the movie Superman Legacy. And by the time he got to the final draft of the script, he knew that it was called Superman. So I don't know too much about what that means, but it's clear that at least in his line of thinking that this movie is just Superman, just plain and simple. That's who he is. And it's just, you know, our first introduction to the character. And I just, I love the simplicity of it. Also, Superman Legacy, though, I love that title too. It's just like, it felt like it was going to honor the legacy of Superman. Me in too. A way. That's, yeah. But I think you can, you can definitely still do that with the title Superman. It's just, it's good to go back to basics, you know. I think The Dark Knight is something that, you know, caused or influenced Man of Steel being called Man of Steel. You know, the kind of... 100%. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, the alter name for him being, yeah. So just Superman's good. It's going to get people in the cinema. They see a movie called Superman. They immediately know what it is. This is the mo- one of the most like iconic, popular characters in uh, history and, and any like medium of pop, pop culture. So I, I think it's a good move either way. And I'm just, I'm so excited to see what James Gunn can bring to this. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you as well. I really like the title or the logo design. I like mm-hmm. how the yellow behind it is not like pure but bright yellow or like very dark. It's like this bright goldy color, which really mm-hmm. suits. And then the reds are quite vibrant as well. And then you still have the classic texture of the Man of Steel suit, which I think is a great suit as well. Yeah. Um, the logo does look quite similar to Man of Steel, um, but mm-hmm. I'd like that logo anyway, so I'm not really complaining about that either. Um, I just want to see the full suit with Dave and Corrin sweating on it now because I think most people, mm-hmm. what they're wanting to know is what the hair looks like and is there undies or no undies? <laughs> no undies, please. It just it doesn't work for modern times. I know I it's like the traditional, yeah, it does, doesn't work. It, it's, it'd just be silly. The, the one thing that I hope they do, and I think they did this with the Batman, is release like David Corrin sweat in the Superman suit with a little bit of production in it, actually have the fully edited video and or a picture and just show us straight up what it looks like rather than like people taking pictures at a set and stuff like that because it doesn't reflect what it will actually look like in the final thing. But if they actually show it before, I think it would be really cool. And I remember the Batman doing that, you know, the close-ups panning across bits of his suit and stuff. The and score you, and the red lighting. Yeah, and when you saw that, you're like, holy shit, okay, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. If they do something like that, I think, you know, it will just it will set some expectations. So I hope they go for that. I hope so too. Well, mm. principal, is it principal photography and filming has just started. So yeah, yeah. hopefully we'll get more details about that. We've already seen what Nicholas Holt will look like bald because um, Rachel Rosenham mm-hmm. did a TikTok video and it had both Corin Sweat and Nicholas Holt in it, and we got to see what his bald head looked like. And he does actually look like Alex Luther. Like, I haven't actually, seen that yet. <laughs> he he suits the look. Um, yeah. just based on that video, I'm sure when you add in makeup and you know, mm-hmm. film stuff, um, he'll look yeah. 100% legit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think we may have a hit on our hands, and DC is on the right track for once, um, for the first time in Jam- 10 years. Yeah, it's James Gunn, dude. I'm really, really excited. I can't wait to see what he does. Me neither. We'll have to wait mm. July 2025. All right. And so while we're on the topic of Warner Brothers, um, Warner Brothers, earlier this year, late last year, there was discussions of Warner Brothers merging with Paramount. 
um, apparently they're no longer wanting to merge um, with Paramount. Um, there's details in regards to finance where Warner Brothers had a 47% drop in shares slash revenue over the Ooh. past year. And Paramount is also having a yearly low, not quite to that extent, but mm-hmm. um, they're also down on a 52-week low. Um, so at this stage, talks have halted at this stage. Um, and it's seeming like as if Warner Brothers is no longer wanting to pursue this purchase. So James, we know that these two are two of the big five, big six, mm-hmm. whatever. What What yeah. are your thoughts on these negotiations possibly not happening or just coming straight to a halt? Uh, overall, I like it. I like when there's competition in the market and you're not seeing big ones take over big ones. You know, when we saw Disney take over 20th Century Fox, I think that, and yeah, there's not much good that's come from that. I think it's just Disney acquiring a bunch of rights to things that they can now exploit hence why we get a new planet of the apes and you know avatar 16 will be here in 2090 because of them like they'll just keep milking shit forever um and so you kind of change you when you know you get a major studio capturing another studio then they allow that studio to fall in line with the the values and the processes of the studio that acquired them so 20th century fox probably would have been happy to stop Planet of the Apes trilogy because it was a well-rounded trilogy by Matt Reeves and Disney's the one that's been like, oh no, there's more money in here, let's let's do another one. Um, and so I, I think it just really changes the dynamic of the, you know, the the landscape of you know cinema. So I I just don't think it's a good thing. So I'm glad it's halted. I have seen that um, Skydance Media has been the one that's still in the running to purchase Paramount. But, you know, you look at the things that you just said before, like Warner Brothers, 47% drop in shares and revenue over the past year. That's insane, man. Like, they could go under. Like, that's a significant drop. And that's like with Barbie releasing as well. I assume it's a 2023 physical year. Mm-hmm. So, I would imagine so, yeah. yeah. Or at least the financial year. Like, yeah, Warner Brothers just needs to get its shit together. I don't know what's happened with them. I think... We'll see what DC does for them because, you know, we saw what Marvel really did for Disney in terms of financial, on the financial side of things. So, yeah, we'll have to see. Um, But, yeah, it makes sense that Warner Brothers has dropped out now. I can't imagine them getting back into it. When Warner Brothers is, you know, cancelling, you know, films that are pretty much done for a tax cut, you know there's something going wrong there because I think that's just awful. And the fact that they have to do it to get some money back from for a tax cut, it just doesn't make too much sense to me. But yeah, I mean, like, would you have been on board for this merger to even happen or are you preferring it where both studios stand on their own? Both stand on their own because they're both mm. big, you know, studios are like five pillars of... Hollywood. So, mm. I mean, if one absorbs the other, then we're just getting less competition and more of the same. Um, we've seen that with Disney and 20th Century Fox. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Fox is still producing movies, but you can tell that they're Disney-fied. Yeah, for sure. I think it's just oh, one thing, though, like Greta Gerwig just seemed like a lot to be a part of, you know, the, the Warner Brothers collection where she works with Warner Brothers over other studios. But she's going to Netflix to do Narnia. And then... Denis Villeneuve, I don't know where he's going to go, but they got him for now. And But they lost Christopher Nolan as well. Like, and they have Tom Cruise. 
Yeah, just yeah, Tom Cruise. Cru- Tom Cruise's joint. So hopefully that steers the ship in the in the right direction for them. And but I mean, yeah, I think there is so much pressure on James Gunn and his team to really make DC work. I think they really they they need it to work, man. Like, yeah, that's so unfair to put that pressure on one director, one film. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just so much pressure. Because Warner Brothers has been like a stable in like our childhoods, you know, they've made so many iconic films. Like if that studio mm-hmm. just went bankrupt, they'll just be they'll be huge. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on with them and what's causing uh them to have such, you know, poor financials across the board. But yeah, something needs to change and it probably starts by changing the leadership from the very top of the front line there and working their way down because yeah, Warner Brothers isn't the same as it used to be. Agreed, definitely. Mm, yeah. All right, we'll move on to the next topic. And uh, this is one that was uh, been undenied about over the past few months. Um, undenied in regards to Ryan Gosling. Uh, obviously, he's been nominated for Best Song um, for I'm Just Ken at Barbie. And as we all know, at the Oscars, if you get nominated for Best Song, you perform your Best Song. Um, yeah. Ryan Gosling was given the option to... Uh, perform it or not perform it, perform it, he's given a hard, hard thought and he's decided, you know what, for you fans, I'm going to give you guys a show. And at the Oscars, March 11th, down here in the Southern Hemisphere, March 10th, you guys up there, he's going to be performing I'm Just Ken. I think me and James are both excited about this because we, we've been wanting <laughs> to see this for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. So James, what's your take on this decision? Well, I'm really glad he's doing it. I just, I feel like it's the right choice. People have really fallen in love with the character of, of Ken. And, you know, that comes primarily from the performance of Ryan Gosling. I think he played that role perfectly, the comedic timing and the, the emotion behind the comedy. I think it was just really, really well done by him. And, you know, I'm just Ken. If you really do listen to the lyrics and, you know, understand its place in the film, it's actually quite a meaningful song even though it's been memed to death, there, there is like a lot of meaning and a lot of relevance to the character of Ken through that song. But it's like, it's really silly at the same time. It's such a silly song, um, despite the meaning behind it. And just for Ryan Gosling to perform that at the offices, I have no, he, I mean, he said himself, he doesn't know how that would work. And I'm in that boat. I don't know how that would work. I don't know what it would look like, but I'm very excited to see it. I'm super, it might be, it might be the thing I'm most looking forward to at the Oscars because just him really embracing that, that silly side to um, Ken and stuff and just putting it in front of the Oscars, I think it would just be, it would just be so good. And, you know, truth be told, the Oscars have been pretty dull of the last few years. So this is something to really, really spice it up. And that's what the Academy should be embracing is these kind of things being nominated where people can be like, huh, he's going to perform that at the Oscars. I want to see what that looks like. I want to see how that sounds like and if he can do it. I mean, yeah, I'm fully on board with it. I'm super excited. It's going to be hilarious. And I just, it would just be fun if he wins as well. Like that would just be a cherry on top of me because no one ever would have thought I'm just Ken would have went. Like, remember when we watched Barbie for the first time and then I'm just Ken comes on and we're just kind of laughing and giggling away and then 
you know, now it's an Oscar winner for best original song. <laughs> that would just be, uh, be perfect. I think I think this is the f- it needs to win. This is I'm just Ken's story, you know. It needs to win it and finish the story. Part of the story mm-hmm. was Ryan Gosling performing it. We got that. There's just one more chapter in it before yeah. we can close this book. So I hope it wins, and I hope Ryan Gosling knocks it out of the park when he performs because I think it's going to be both entertaining. I think I think he's going to nail it, and I think it's going to be mm-hmm. absolutely hilarious, like it was in the movie as well. Yeah, no, for sure, it's, it's going to be a blast. These Oscars are, are looking to be, you know, incredibly uh, competitive and and interesting from pretty much all the categories. Uh, there, you know, there's a few locks in there. We'll discuss that in a further podcast, of course. But like just before the Oscars, but you know, adding in these things just make the actual you know experience of watching the Oscars a little bit more enjoyable. And I mean, I don't have. I actually have zero faith that Jimmy Kimmel will make it fun or funny or interesting, but um, I'm holding out hope. Just let Ryan Gosling as Ken host the Oscars. Like, let's let's make this go further. See, that, that's an iconic moment because I just saw on Twitter that uh, this is like the 10 year anniversary of that, you know, that iconic um, Alan Oscar selfie thing. Yes, yeah. And, and that was an iconic moment back then, 10 years ago, like having an actor perform a character as a host mm-hmm. would just be awesome to see like right, who cares about actors ho- or comedians hosting it we've seen that for like i don't know what's this 90 whatever academy awards we've seen that for almost 100 years like have a character host the oscars mm-hmm. that'd be awesome could yeah, you imagine yeah, like someone like something. ken or just the rock like the rock not dwayne johnson but the rock <laughs> come in you know uh michael scott as well that'll be hilarious Oh no! Don't do this to me. Don't bring up these things. I'm just getting <laughs> sad that it's not happening. Yeah, they they need to do something crazy like that and pay them, a, you know, a good, a good um payment to do something like that. Yeah, yeah, it'd be good. And just oh, stop with Jimmy Kimmel. Like, if you're a fan of him, I'm sorry. Um, he's fine. It's just we've seen it before. And we'll see the same thing again. Yeah, but he he just doesn't do it for me personally. Yeah, and I think because he's hosted so many, it's just what new content can he bring now? Mm. Well, I mean, we're going to be watching the Oscars live together. Hopefully we're doing it live. So I'm just going to pretend you're hosting it so you can just speak to me and pretend like you're announcing this and making the jokes at the start and all that kind of stuff, all right? Oh, that's all good. I'm sure I'll be more funny than Jimmy Kimmel. I know, I know, yeah. <laughs> we should just get you to do it. Like that, they should do that. Just have a random girl out there and host the Academy Awards. Could yeah, we imagine? just ask this person on the side of the street. Yeah, hey, want to yeah host? I would love to see that because it'd be painfully awkward, and that's my type of humor. I love just you know awkward, cringy humor. <laughs> if I were to host, I'd be like, "Here's your nominees for this." All right, next, come on, chop chop. We got a we got a show to run here. Yeah, oh, it'd be too good. So Doom Part 2 has come out recently this week and it's been smashing it on every front. Critical, box office, fan reactions, visuals, sounds, you name it, it's smashing it. It's a fantastic film. If you're going to go see it, see it on the biggest screen possible, IMAX preferably. But because it's Part 2, there's always eyes on a Part 3 or Doom 3. So Denis Villeneuve has come out and said that he's in no rush to do Doom 3 at all. Um, He said that the danger in Hollywood is that people get excited and think about releases, not quality. 
Um, and Fast and Furious is the first example that comes into my head <laughs> about releases and not quality. So this is awesome for a director to see that he's pretty much telling studios, don't rush me, it'll get done, but just quality over quantity. And this is great to see. Um, there's also rumors, or not rumors, but Hans Zimmer has come out and said that he's already working on the score for Doom Part 3. I don't know if that's actually confirmed or if he's just loving the Dune 2 hype, but yeah. that's awesome as well. So that way when Denny is good to go, he can, he's um good to go as well. So James, what are your thoughts on uh, Denny's comments? Um, it makes a lot of sense, to be honest. And, you know, I, I think there's very little doubt that he will actually Dune, do, not Dune, uh, do Dune 3. So it's a bit of a tongue twister there. Um, as far as you know, comments about you know people get excited for you know certain films and then studios they you know they think about release dates. Hey, do this in two years and then not. Hey, do this in four years and take your time. It makes a lot of sense, and we've seen this constantly throughout you know Hollywood history. There, there's so many examples when studios force their the, the cast and the crew to get something done in a very small window very uh very rarely does it actually work out for the sake of um quality and one of the biggest examples i'm going to point to is in a tv series and that's game of thrones you know they really rushed the ending of that and that those last two seasons completely destroyed the legacy of game of thrones you were looking at one of the best shows of all time and being held in that regard at least top three just completely killed because they wanted to like rush to it and yeah force it like really quickly and it, it just doesn't work you need to take your time with some things and you know look what we're seeing from doing too in terms of the, the the comments the comments the reviews and the box office is doing really really well and look what we're seeing from it why would you want to rush a third one you know these are movies that clearly take time to get done right and Denis Villeneuve is your guy in there. If he's not 100% on board, if you're pushing him to rush, you're making a huge mistake. He's already said that, you know, that, I mean, he said that the script is nearly finished for Dune 3, but for his own, you know, mental sanity, he just wants to do something else in between. And I think that's a good thing. If we have to wait seven years for Dune 3, so be it. I mean, we're, I'm not going to like that. I'm going to want to say it earlier, of course, but... I would rather wait seven years for Denis Villeneuve to do that than have some other director come in and do it in two years. I'm, I'm pretty sure, Nane, you would agree with me on that one. Oh, 100%. I said it in the review and I'll say it now. Dune is Denny's baby, you know. Mm -hmm. I can't see any other director come in and take this world from him, you know, not even like the high-caliber ones like Christopher Nolan or Martin Scorsese because mm -hmm. it just won't be the same or potentially not as good. Um, this is Villeneuve's vision and he needs to see it out to the end no matter what. And I hope that the studios realize this, recognizes it and does it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, the, the interesting thing about like the Dune franchise, especially from the novels, that there is six books and we've just finished the first one. So, <laughs> I mean, Denis Villeneuve, I know he's not going to do a fourth one. I know he will end with three if he decides to do three, that is. So Herbert, someone's going to be taking over it because these movies are people are going to start falling, you know, in love with the the storyline, and they're going to make they're going to start making some good money, especially with Dune Two, and Dune Three will make good money as well. But yeah, I don't know who can take over, 
But you know Warner Brothers is going to push to continue the series without Denis Villeneuve. But for the sake of doing three, you know, and keeping Denis Villeneuve as happy and around the franchise as long as possible, you abide by his wishes because he's about to bring you a movie that's about to make around 80 to 90 million opening weekend domestically and around 200 million worldwide opening. It's going to be, it's going to be big. People are thinking a billion. I don't think it's going to be that, but you know, I would say 650 to 850. You're looking at that's, that's a pretty big deal. 190 million especially budget. For, it's pretty decent. Especially for Vinalove, whose mm-hmm. films aren't a box office hits. They're usually like, very low 200s if it yes. even gets that except for doom where it made like just under 500 million yeah as sad as it is but ah oh, it's it's a good thing I'm, I'm happy that he's getting a little box of his hit under his belt um he needs it and he, he absolutely deserves it as well and it just gives him a little bit more bargaining power towards warner brothers to be like no we're gonna wait a couple of years i need to you know execute my vision or i need to take a break from this and do something else if it's making good money, he's going to be allowed to say, no, we're going to do the third one in a few years when I'm ready to do it. And one of us will be like, okay. And if, the, if they just be like, no, okay, we don't need you. We need to carry the series as fast as possible. It would just be the most bizarre and um, it would explain why their revenue and shares are down 47% if they did that. That's probably more of a reason why they'd do that is because they're like not making bank and if doing <laughs> too successful, then they'll be like, yo, you need to do this ASAP. Well, the reason why I'm saying that is because yeah, Barbie was an ultra success at the box office. Nothing about a spin-off, nothing about Barbie 2. Just nothing. And just you the Mattel think, universe. The Mattel universe. But I mean, that's like a separate entity that correlates with them. But nothing Barbie related yet. And it seems like they're taking their time to see where that universe and those stories can really go. And I, th- I think that's the right move. And I think Warner Brothers will be mature about it and respect their creators enough to be like, look, we'll, we'll, we'll take our time with this. Because Warner Brothers has like such a luxury in their you know, sandbox of just rights to you know certain properties that they own. There's so much that they can do and they don't need Dune to be the one carrying it. Like, in 2025, you're at DC starting. So, this time. That's that's true. I think, hmm. when, when did first Dune come out? It wasn't 2020. It was 2021, right? Because it got delayed. And then uh-huh. another three years before it actually came out. So, maybe three or four years' time it can come out. Um, yeah. We'll be fine. I mean, you you got the, you won't like it, but you got the Harry Potter TV series that's coming out. And then you also have DCs as well. So, that's like two big franchises mm-hmm. um, for Warner Brothers to carry them over for a couple of years. So then Dune can just be like, hey, you forgot about this? Nostalgia, yeah. so to speak. And yeah, Villeneuve said that there was no gap between the first Dune and the second Dune. So it's clear he won a little bit of like a palate cleanser before jumping back to Arrakis, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. All right. That'll do us on our, on this Hard and Fast podcast. Hope you've enjoyed where we, wherever you've been listening from. Um, if you want to listen to more, head over to Spotify, wherever you pod from, and uh, type in Let's Be Real and give us a listen. Um, if you like this, head over to YouTube and search Let's Be Real. Uh, we're just transitioning to video podcasting, so definitely go check our content there. If you like it, like it and subscribe. 
you'll be doing us a great favor and we much appreciate that. Um, if you want to read, head over to moviegains.com. We do a whole bunch of stuff on there as well, like proper reviews, um, as well as box office analysis, Oscar analysis, and physical media content. So that'll do us today. Hope you all enjoyed this podcast. We'll catch you on the next one where let's be real. See you later. Peace.